Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I wanted to record this bonus session for you guys. Um, I wanted to really share something that um, I have found and discovered um, and realized in the last probably three, a little over three years probably now, um, working behind the scenes um, for two millionaires in an eight-figure company as well. So if you've been following me, if you know me, then um, you know that I am a huge advocate of opportunity. Um, for the last anywhere from, I would say three to five years, while running my own business, I have also taken on opportunities and projects with other millionaires um, and also eight-figure coaches um, in our space, in the coaching space, who have come to me and presented me with opportunity to come in and support them in their businesses or on a particular project. So um, in these cases, um, I don't take every opportunity, by the way. I'm very picky about the opportunities I take. It just depends on what it is. But in these three opportunities, um, you know, I, I was hired for different things within each company, um, but it was around um, sales, being the sales lead. So the leader of the sales team, the trainer of the sales team, uh, the top sales lead in the company, um, also hired as the success coach for seven and eight figure coaches. Uh, or for their seven and eight figure clients. I was uh, one of the, the lead coaches. Um, I've also uh, in these companies been brought in to um, look at their, uh, you know, program curriculum or their, um, you know, the structure, the design, the delivery of their program and really look at client success and how can we increase client success? How can we um, you know, design and deliver our group coaching programs to be, um, you know, more profitable, but also set clients up for better success. Um, I've been, you know, also hired in these companies to go behind the scenes and look at the systems and the processes of the company and, and bring it all full circle uh, where the, the, the end goal was obviously increased client success and increased profit margins. Um, that was essentially my main, I, main, main focus in all of these companies was to contribute uh, to those things. And I, it was through various different uh, positions and projects within each of these companies. Uh, but amongst these companies, those were the areas in which uh, across them that I was hired for and that I focused on inside those companies. So mainly, um, you know, monetizing better. So increasing profit margins, looking at uh, monetizing better from the marketing and sales efforts, looking at client success from the, the point of the systems that bring them in, the qualification, process, the onboarding process, the program curriculum delivery, um, the client success and support, the coaching, all the things with the program they were coming into. And then also looking at team, uh, the sellers specifically, looking at the social selling team, um, how can we increase performance and efficiency, 
Uh, how can we increase the profit margins, get the team performing better, um, and then systems and structure around these things, okay? So it's a lot of things, but those are my areas of specialty, okay? And they all link back to sales. Um, all of them link back to sales because sales is not just about going and getting a client. Sales is not about, oh, I just need to like go sell a program or an offer. Like sales is much deeper than that. And sales happen and sales continue for a multitude of reasons. People in their minds think when someone says generate sales, go make sales, go get clients. The very first thought people have immediately is like, let me go put an offer in front of people. And they think like that equals sales. That's only one itty bitty tiny part of the equation. And sales is way more in depth and complex than that. Sales is also all the things I just talked about, right? Sales is also, um, you know, client success, client retention, client ascension, uh, your profit margins, um, your sales team, the performance of your sales team, your qualification process, your onboarding process, um, all of those things. And that's not everything, but that's like all of those things. Also, the way that you design, deliver um, your program, your service that you put people into, all of these things, uh, amongst other things, are all like attributes of sales. They link right back to the success and longevity and sustainability and scalability of your sales. Sales is not created, it's not just create an offer and put it out there. I mean, it's just not that, it isn't just that, it's not linear like that. It's a lot of things and 95% of business owners have no freaking clue. They literally think like, just get a lot of leads and pump them to a program and sell your ass off, right? Like this is not all sales is, that's not all. Like offer to audience does not just equal sales. There's so many other things that business owners don't even think about. They don't realize, they don't put any time, money or energy on setting up and mastering and putting together so their business runs like a well-oiled machine and then they wonder why they're pigeonholed, right? So they're either, they're, they feel like, okay, why am I making a million dollars yet I am pigeonholed into this one way of making that money, one way. Um, rather it be, I run ads and if I stop my ads, if I slow down my ads, I would lose sales. I would lose lead acquisition. If I, you know, um, if I don't do, if I, if I change my offer and I sell this or I do this or I do something else or I move to another platform or I add a new branch to my business or I want to take time off or whatever it might be they're pigeonholed into something that's keeping them as the bottleneck in the business. And they think that the answer is, I just need more sales. If I just get more sales, I can get myself out of this thing that I pigeonholed myself into. And a lot of the times it's just not the case. In fact, almost always, that's just not the case. That's not actually the answer. So I really wanted to come shed this. I'm going to talk about what I found. And I really want you to pay attention that these are not new business owners, okay? Uh, I don't actually take on projects for anyone that's making less than a million dollars for at least two to three years in their business, just for the record. So please do not come to me and be like, hey, you wanna like do sales for my company? Absolutely, probably not gonna happen. Um, I will do projects 
that I have space for and that I feel aligned with um, for people who are doing multiple seven and eight figures in their business for at least two to three years. Otherwise, that's just not going to happen. So I want to be very clear. I work with extremely, extremely high performing, successful, profitable, thriving companies. And my goal is not to like be there for life. My goal is to go in and help them reach their goals and help find out where the, the money leaks and the breakdowns are and where things could be performing better that would increase the effort they're already doing without adding anything new. And that is something I really love to do. So with that being said, and now that everybody hopefully understands and has clarity on what these projects look like and what I did behind the scenes. So um, the first thing that I, and, and these are pretty much across the board with all three of these companies. I wouldn't say, I mean, some were more dramatic than others um, and some had deeper problems than others, but across the board, um, the five things I'm gonna share with you pretty much were in all of the companies at different levels, okay? So I wanna say that. They were at different uh, levels and we'll talk it through. So. Um, I'm hoping that this brings awareness because I'm hoping that you're understanding, wow, these companies are making all this money. Yet, how are they so not very profitable? And how are they having all these breakdowns? And how are they losing so much money? And why are they pigeonholed and hustling and grinding um, and, and money stressed, financially stressed? How would that be if they're making so much money, right? And that's the thing that I really specialize in when it comes to sales is I'm not really impressed when someone's like, yeah, I make a million dollars. I'm like, big fucking deal. <laughs> Show me the money behind the scenes. Like, how are we making that money? How are we continuing to make that money? How long can you make that money? And what are you doing to do it? And what does that look like? And what are the systems? And what is the team? And what is the structure? And like almost every million dollar business that I work in, I see the same shit. So it doesn't, I'm not like impressed by a million dollars. It really does not impress me. I know what things typically look like behind the scenes, right? And I can usually see what they just don't see as well as I know what they don't know because this is just my specialty, right? They work very close to their business and that's it. And they're high performers. So they're really just hyper-focused on performing and continuing their growth and they're not looking at sustainability and they're not looking at systematizing and they're not looking at scaling. Um, they're not looking at those things. They're looking at hyper growth, right? They hit the multiple six and they want to get to that seven and then they get to that seven and they want to get multiple seven and they just like foot to the gas pedal and they're not looking at systematizing. They're not looking at system, uh, streamlining things. They're not looking at sustainability. They're pigeonholing themselves into like just rapid growth strategy. And that is 100% what I see. Okay. Number one, the first thing that I saw um, in these companies, really poor, like really poor systems and processes around client success and client retention and just everything, everything was focused on uh, systems and processes for like lead acquisition. So what does that mean? Um, across the board, extremely, extremely poor systems and processes for making sure clients are set up for success and that they have what they need to do that. Almost nothing. Very, 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 very little. And 
even though like one or two of the companies had things in place, they were poor. They were not really uh, working. They were not maximized really. Um, they weren't carefully thought through. Um, it was more like just shove a bunch of things down their throat. It wasn't like strategic. It wasn't really, it was very poorly, poorly set up and the other companies didn't even have it. It was just like super, super, super poor attention. All the money in the business was pretty much going toward lead acquisition, basically Facebook ads, basically lead generation. Just get more leads, acquire more leads, acquire more leads, acquire more leads. And there wasn't really, there was, there wasn't really anything that was hyper-focused on client success, client experience. I'm huge on that. Like in my program, I literally have a trademark client, um, uh, exceptional client experience. I have it. I'm like getting it trademarked because it's such a big part of, I believe it's experience is like game. It's like the deal breaker in your company. Um, people, I have clients in the past who got fantastic results, like half a million dollar results in like six, seven months with me. And they didn't stay with me and it had nothing to do with they weren't getting results. It was just that the experience was poor. And again, this is why I've gotten into this field in the last four years, right? Three years because of that. So in these companies, they were, again, I just got done saying hyper-focused on growth. So they were so hyper-focused on just acquire more leads and ramp that up and ramp that up and ramp that up and super poor systems and processes around how are we gonna have, how are we increasing and maximizing client success as you bring in all these new clients? And so there was there was almost nothing, And but if there was anything in place, it was the poorest system. So like not thought out, poorly thought out, uh, very basic, very um, mediocre, very just like, not even average, like just what are we doing here? So that was one system I saw. Um, and we'll talk about like all the outcomes this all trickled into, like not having these things in place. Um, number two, um, they had extremely dated or just very overwhelming onboarding processes that were causing clients to like not show up, not go all in and not participate in a matter of days like the the client refund request um the clients that came in that started to spiral and freak out about the investment they just made and like change their mind and go mia and like off the radar and just like i mean the amount what i noticed is there was an immense amount like unheard of amount unheard of amount of buyer's remorse in, in like request, uh, refund requests and like back out requests, there was an unheard amount of admin support um, that had to go into handling the mass amount of people wanting to back out, wanting to stop their payments, wanting to retract their contracts, wanting to change their mind, wanted a refund, wanted to get out ASAP. And, um, this wasn't only because of the onboarding. 
uh, number four, when we get to number four, uh, this number four is a big reason why this happened, but it was also the onboarding process. So buyer's remorse is a real thing. And if you think for one second that just because someone signs up for your program, they're all in, they trust you, they're ready to go, you're just going to be disappointed. The fact of the matter is the experience that people have is going to have them within 48 hours to probably 30 days deciding if they're going to continue working with you. And we, in back of these companies that I was working for um, and helping them on these things, we literally saw in a matter of like, most of them were less than a week, but within the first 30 days, and, and we noticed symptoms before the first 30 days, but within the within a 30 day time frame or less, people were like buyer's remorse was high, like sky high. Um, refund request was like, we had admin who couldn't even keep up with it. Like every single day, there was multiple people emailing admin, wanting out, wanting to retract their contract, wanting their money back, wanting to pause and not pay for two months, three months. Um, people spiraling, the emails that came in of people freaking out and just like absolutely doubting what they just did and wanting to get out and like spiraling out of control. You have to understand that in a company at seven and eight figures, when people are doing that, when clients are, are, do, are coming in hot like that, there's a mass amount of admin support on the back to handle that. So what I mean by that is there's unnecessary admin time being put in the back end to manage those emails, to respond to those emails, to get on calls with clients and try to save the sale. There's so much time and money being used up in that place. And this is a huge reason why profit margins were so low for these companies is because you have so much admin time go into these types of, of requests from clients um, that like it's costing you thousands of dollars that is unnecessary that could go towards something else. But because your clients are freaking the fuck out and they're not happy and you don't have proper systems and strategy in place and your onboarding sucks, the reason that you, that, or the result from all of that is that you have a mass amount, an unheard of amount of people wanting to get out. And that requires a lot of admin time. Someone has to handle those emails. Who's handling those? Uh, who's responding to them? Who's handling those? Who's processing refunds? Who is getting on calls and trying to save sales? Who is getting on calls and strategizing with clients to try to get them back on board and to get them moving and get them a, a game plan so they feel supported? But who's doing all that? Well, someone has to do that and that is time and money. And that's time and money that's being pulled from clients who are in the program, working the program, showing up and expecting you to help them have success. It's time and money being wasted that could be prevented. And I say wasted because it shouldn't be happening to begin with. And so the, the, this is where we saw a lot of money being leaked. We saw these multiple seven and eight figure companies losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every single month just on admin time for client requ uh, refund requests, client contract retracts, client um, uh, drop-offs, um, clients going MIA, clients emailing long, long emails, email after email of spiral and freaking out and stressing out and not sure. And like, 
the time that the admins or people had to get on calls to try to save these sales, I mean, I, I would say definitely five figures per month minimum was going on just that. And that's ridiculous. Like that is so preventable and ridiculous, but it was across all these companies. Wasted, wasted time and money from team when they could be doing far more productive things in their in the business and driving revenue, driving profits. Instead, they were low, we were lower in profits because these things weren't happening properly and they were out of control. Um, the third thing was very poor to almost no team structure or training or support and success markers for the team causing massive and extreme churn and burn. So in these companies, they, these across all of them, they could not find or retain good team if their life depended on it. This was one of the other huge, huge like money leaks and, and breakdowns in the business is they had, they went through team like you go through your underwear. I mean, these companies were flipping new team members every week, multiple team members falling off, quitting, just not showing up, not doing the job right, doing a terrible job, not be, like, and it isn't the team's fault. Let me be very clear about that. 99.9% .9 of the time, your team is quitting you, not the company. They're quitting you because you suck at managing them and leading them and training them. And you don't put the time, money, and energy behind this. You just stuff people places and you're like, go. And like, you expect your team to like care about your business more than you do. You expect your team to do better at sales than you do. You expect your team to like go, go above and beyond for you. Um, the second they walk in the door and they don't even have proper structure training or metrics or success markers so that they feel set up for success. They feel um, like there's opportunity. They feel like there's longevity with you. Like they feel that this was not happening in these companies. And I see this. These are not the only companies I've worked for, by the way. Um, I see this across the board. It's just super sucky systems and structure around uh, team culture and team success. It really is. It's so poor. Um, I, I, I don't even want to say that they had systems. It was so poor. Um, and, and they put they put time and energy toward different areas amongst these companies. Like one of them would put quite a bit of a time and attention around the vetting process. But then everything after that sucked, like wasn't even in existence. And then, you know, one would put so much energy on metrics, like very, very numbers driven, but like you got the wrong people in the wrong places. And then you don't even have systems or proper training so these people can hit those goals. Like, what are you doing? And then team culture was awful. It was like everybody was in the mix of everything. Nobody had a role. Everybody was all into everything. You had people that were, you know, not even in the right department telling you what you should be doing and, and trying to train people when they weren't properly trained. What a hot mess. What a hot mess. No, like these companies, were not set up for team success at all. Um, and it, it was just like unfolding and unraveling in such a, like a massive way. Um, you know, you have, you have to really, like in my programs with my clients, 
I discourage any hiring until you know what you're doing. If you don't know how to do something yourself successfully, or you can't do it yourself, there's no, like hiring someone doesn't fix your shit, right? Hiring someone doesn't fix your shit. You need to get your shit fixed and figure it out so you can be a leader. People think, oh, I'll just, I'll just give someone, I'll just give this to somebody and they can do it. And your business is a shit show and you have no systems and no training and no strategy. And you don't think what you don't think as the CEO of your company that you need to hire properly. You don't think you need to train these people. You don't think that you need to be the leader and show the way you don't think you need to roll your sleeves up, get down in the, in the weeds and help these people be successful and guide them and train them and shadow them and all the things. You don't think you need to do that. You think the answer is just find someone that has the skills and they'll make my business successful. That is fucking stupid thinking. That is not how this works. And that's how these companies were operating. It's like, no, 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 no. Just like it's your job as a CEO to set your clients up for success. That's your job to facilitate that and design it and set it up. And then you need to make sure it happens. That's your job. Equally to that, it's also your job to do the exact same thing for your team. It is not your team's job to come in and figure out how to get shit done. It's not their job to come in and be like, oh, no worries, CEO, go have vacation. We'll come fix your shit and fix your mess. No, you need to know, you need to have things set up because the thing is, is teams don't leave companies. They leave the leaders. Do you know what they do when they leave you? They go work for someone just, the, the company just like yours with a better leader. They're not leaving the company or the, the niche. They're leaving the leader because the leader sucks and they're not setting them up for success and they don't see themselves being able to be successful for years to come. They don't see that opportunity. So guess what they do? They leave the leader and they go work for your competitor. They go work for the companies just like yours that have better leaders. That's your job as a CEO. You're the leader. A team is only as good as its leader, which is you. It's the CEO of the company. Okay. And so you need to understand that. You have to understand that, especially if you're someone who's trying to, you're at a place where you're bringing team in so you can scale. You need to get out of this mindset that I have problems in my business and I don't want to do certain things in my business and I don't want to figure it out and I don't want to have to deal with it. So I'm going to go find someone who's good at this and I'm going to plug them in and they're going to fix my business. No, they're going to come in. They're going to deal with your shit for about a week or two, maybe a month if you're lucky, and they're going to go find someone else to work for that has systems and organization and success markers and proper leadership and proper support and has things in place so they can see that for years and years and years, I can be successful here. That opportunity exists. They're not going to come in and fix your shithole. Like that is not like that's disrespectful to these people who work so hard. So um, that was number three. And I see this all over the place. It's ridiculous. Um, people don't like their con their conception of hiring in their company is distorted. It's very blurred. Like people literally think I suck at something. I'm not good at something or I don't want to do this in my business and I don't want to figure it out. Find me someone and like plug them in and they can do it. And it's like, 
yep, that person won't be staying long. You are definitely someone who struggles with keeping on team for sure. Like that's not, that's not, that's not the way to hire. That's not the intention and no one's staying with you if that's what you're doing. Okay. Um, the fourth thing across all of these companies was no qualification system in place beyond an application, um, in which most of the money, um, uh, there, there was, so there was an application, I would say most, I would say, um, all of them. Yeah. 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 There's an application, but it didn't go beyond that. So basically there was no system in place beyond an application. If, if the, if the people filled out the application for the program and they had the money to invest and they were ready to invest, then they qualified guys. I want to say this very clearly for the people in the back of the room. Someone having the money and the desire to join your program doesn't fucking make them qualified. That does not mean someone's qualified. Okay? I literally cannot stress this enough. It's almost annoying that this is what people think is a qualification process. Do you have the money and are you ready to go? That does not make somebody qualified. That isn't a qualification system, okay? It's an application. It's like data. It gives you some information. That's like one step. That's one part of the process, the bigger picture. In these companies, I'm like, what's the app? Let's look at the, app, the qualification process. How are we as a company saying that and qualifying a person and saying that this person has the attributes to be successful and win in this program. They will win. They will be winners. They will get results. They will show up. They will do the work. They will contribute elevating conversation to the culture and community. And they'll not only have success, they'll renew, they'll retain, they'll ascend, they'll give referrals, they'll give Raven reviews. Like who, who, like who of the applications has those attributes? Who checks the boxes that tell us this person is a winner? This person will win in our program. Like, why do you want people in your program that don't fucking win? Why would you want to bring someone in your program and have all that time, money, and energy to support that client when they're not even at a place or capable emotionally or mentally or financially or strategically to even have success in your program? Why would you put the time, the money, and the energy to bring them in your program to begin with? This is why profit margins were so low in these companies. You're bringing the wrong people into your programs. And part of this is what I call proper placement. If you have multiple programs, then put time, money, and energy on proper placement. Who's doing that? Who in the company is gonna handle that? Or maybe it's multiple people and multiple systems and structure, but how is that happening? How are we deciphering between an application that's qualified versus an application that's not? And if your go-to as a business owner is the dollar sign that they tell you they're, they're making and, the, and you say, oh, they can pay, they can afford it, and they want to sign up, perfect, they're qualified. You're in big fucking trouble. That is not a qualification system, FYI. And that them being able to pay you and wanting to join your program does not make them qualified at all. So we saw so much of this and guess what? 
this is part of what trickled into number two, right? With having overwhelmed clients wanting to back out, clients wanting to cancel their contract, clients wanting to uh, stop paying for months, clients spiraling and freaking out. Yes, part of that was the onboarding sucked. It basically didn't exist. But guess what else it was? It was pro improper qualification. You were bring they were bringing the wrong people in to begin with. So obviously they're gonna freak out and want out within the first couple of days to the first 30 days, obviously. They don't belong there. They should have never been in the program. And so your, the qualification system <clears throat> was also a huge part of all of the client refund requests, um, people wanting to back out of contracts, people wanting to, um, you know, take pause or whatever. Like, yeah, I just want to like pause and not pay for a few months and like think about it or I change my mind or they go MIA or they're sending email after email or message after message spiraling out of freaking control, like literally going crazy. Um, it was because of onboarding and a lack of a proper qualification process. And when I talked with these business owners, the CEOs, like, who are the people that win in this program? If you look across the years you've been in business and the hundreds of clients that you've worked with, what were the success markers of the people? What were the markers? What was the makeup? What were the attributes of the people that fucking won versus the ones who did not? And they didn't have a freaking clue. Like they're, they had to go back and dig into files and feedback forms and like all kinds of things. And I'm like, this is really bad. Like literally you don't even know who the person is that would be successful. And you don't even have a process to do this. So that was something that was also creating low profit margins because not only do you have your admins or your team having to spend so much time trying to save these fucking sales and get people to stop spiraling for a second and get control of their thoughts. Not only did you have all that time, money and energy being wasted on that, but now you have, you know, people in your program that are abusing the coaching. They are hogging the calls and taking time away from your A play, your A star, uh, you know, clients. Um, your team is putting way more energy on babysitting these people and holding their hand through the program because they're freaking out and they shouldn't be there. And they're taking forever to get traction and to move and take action because they shouldn't be there to begin with. And so now the, the coaching time or the support time and the, the access is like times 10 and that costs money, right? So now it's like, wow, why are profit... People don't even get this. Like literally that alone can drop your profit margins so drastically when you just have super, like the wrong people in your program and they're super needy and they require so much more attention and handholding and babysitting and like redirection and like the people that are like, I'm not going to take action till I hear from you. I can't move. You tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. Like needy, needy, very like codependent clients. Um, that can't think for themselves or move for themselves, not to their fault, but because they don't belong in that program. They are not mentally, emotionally, financially, or strategically where they need to be to have success in a certain program. When you operate at a high level in a program and your clients are achieving outstanding results, there's a makeup in a set of attributes that's required for a person to do that, right? You look at an athlete, not everybody can be an athlete. 
there's an immense amount of commitment and dedication and hard work and um, movement and action and fast decision making. There's a whole list of attributes that are the makeup, the DNA, guys, the DNA of the DNA of an athlete, a successful athlete. And not everybody has that DNA. Your job as a CEO and business owner is to create the DNA of the clients that will win in your program and have success and also have a good experience and be respectful and appreciative and grateful and have a good can do, will do attitude. And that can come in and contribute elevating conversations to the rest of the clients um, so that there's a good culture. These are people that are in, you know, imperfect, fast action takers and decision makers and they lead a certain way. Like you need to make the, you need to identify what is the DNA of the clients that have success in your program, but also has all those other things too. Okay. Cause you can have a terrible client who is the biggest pain in the ass ever, who sucks up all the time and energy of everyone on your team and all your clients, and they can get great results. But is it worth all those other things? Because all those other things is time, money, and energy of the company as a whole, which decreases your profit margins, by the way. Okay. Um, and then the fifth thing was very low profit margins. There was just way more money going out than there was coming in. There was money, there was so much money going on advertising, which is not a bad thing, except that the money going out, the, the profit coming from that, the ROI from the money that was going out toward advertising was so, so low that it wasn't even worth running the fucking ads. Like it was so, so bad because there was so much churn and burn. There was so much refund requests. There was so much team time put in to each lead coming in that the cost for those leads, it just didn't make sense. Like there was so much money going toward advertising and like nothing going toward team and client success. So that was, th that right there destroyed their profit margins. Um, it was very hard, by the way, extremely hard. And it took a long time to recover, by the way. So I want you to hear that too. The recovery time when you're destroying like your profit margins and when you are churning and burning through team and clients and all of that, when you have all that going on in such a, a high performing company, um, it, it, it takes a lot to recover. It, it's because now you have to scale back because you need to set things up, systems, structure, strategy, and proper metric tracking and all of that. You have to get so many things, like you have to retract, you have to go backwards. You have to take some steps back and put some things in place and then you can move forward again, right? Way more like in a streamlined way. And so these companies, some of them are still recovering. Like they're still, trying to get back to where they were, but have profit margins also align. Um, it, it just is a lot of fixing. It's a lot of fixing. It's a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, revamping and, and just kind of resetting things and fixing things. It's a lot. I mean, we're going down deep into the weeds and it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, it's funny because symptoms are things like low profit margins, um, client churn, you know, client refund requests, 
client drop off, low retention, low ascension, um, team churn and burn. All of those things are symptoms of much bigger problems. And so like, as you go down into the weeds of the actual roots of the problem, it's like, oh, there's another issue. And that is stemmed from this. And then this is stemmed from this. And it's like, these are things that when you're starting your business, you should be putting in place. When you hit six figures, you should have in place. And then when you reach seven, you're refining and retweaking and improving to maximize. You don't get to seven and eight figures and start putting this stuff in place. That's dangerous. And so these companies suffered. And these companies are still, you know, a year, two years, two and a half years later, they are still um, recovering and they're fixing and they're still having some problems because it, it's, you're taking a high performer and you're like, take it down 10 notches. It, it's tough. It's tough. And it's also a hard pill to swallow. It's very difficult for someone who's a high performer, has a lot of online reputation, is performing at seven and eight figures to, at the face of everybody, have to, you know, have to take it back. It, it's not, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And um, that's why when I'm working with entrepreneurs, I really try to prevent this by getting people to a place where these things are in place and then you just kind of improve them as you go. You don't like set them up, you know, you're not putting systems in place at seven figures. Uh, you should have systems in place already and you're you're refining them, right? Because it's it's gonna cause a big problem in your business. You're gonna be, you're gonna have, if you think of a bucket, think of like a bucket, you're gonna have holes all throughout that bucket in multiple different spots. You're gonna have holes where money, money and time for you, your team is pouring out and you're standing over, picture yourself standing over that bucket with another bucket and you're just pouring water because it's just leaking right out and you're just pouring and it leaks out and you're like, what the hell, it's not staying full. And it's like, as, as you pour, as fast as you pour water into it, it leaks out. And you just, eventually what happens? You're like, fuck it, right? You're like, I give up. It's, this is, I'm exhausted. And if I had to keep doing this for X amount more hours, days, weeks, months, year, I, I couldn't, I, there's no way. I'm done, right? And then you, you stop. So it's like, the, the solution isn't for you to stand over the bucket and keep pouring into the fucking bucket. The solution is stop pouring and start patching the holes. You've got to patch the leaks or the leaks are not going to stop, right? That means you got to get into the weeds of that bucket in your business and you need to start fixing stuff. That's the answer and that is your solution. The solution isn't go find a team member to come in and like, you know, fix my sales problem. Your sales problem is probably a systems problem. And that's your job. You figure that out. And then you hire a professional and say, hey, I need to get my systems in order. Let's work together to do this. Like you're going to very much be a part of that process. And so the low profit margins just came because so much money was going toward ads and nothing almost, absolutely nothing almost was going toward client success and team success. And then... The other thing that I saw was there was a lot of team hiring, but it was a lot of churn and burn. And there's a lot of time and money that goes into vetting 
and hiring and onboarding somebody. And then to have them not stay for more than 30 days or a few months or a couple months. And then you feel like, okay, cool. I've got this good team member in place and they're doing the things and they understand the business and da, 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 da. And then they leave because the leadership sucks, because the structure sucks, because it's chaotic, it's stressful. Everything is unorganized. Nothing's in place. They feel like they're never going to be able to be successful. They're out. They're going to go work for another company with a better leader. And so all that costs time and money. Now you got to replace that person, right? And then if you have people that are working with your clients and you have people coming in and out constantly, you know, your clients are going to start to see that. And then they're going to start to be like, what's going on here? This doesn't look good. I'm out. And you're going to lose clients. Absolutely. These companies lost a ton of clients, a ton of clients. They lost so many clients because of this whole team churn and burn thing. And also because there was nothing that set them up for success in the program. And so they, they wanted out. And so you can see how things just unfolded. And the, the CEOs of these companies are paying so much money toward advertising. They're constantly trying to hire people to fix problems. And they just don't even, they're not even aware of what the real problem is. And they're not being part of that solution. And so people are coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. And things are just crumbling. And they're not putting the time and the money in the right places that are going to actually bring profit margins up. So imagine if they took the time in the if they took the time to set proper systems up where the right people are coming in the programs and the right people that and the people that come in stay and the people that come in have success and the people that come in refer and the people give reviews and testimonials and they re they retain. What, what if they kept a client for one year, two year, three year, four year, five years, they retained, they renewed, they ascended, and a client for life happened. And team was set up for success in improper places with proper opportunity and training and support and success markers. And they felt they could, they could see the opportunity, so they stayed and they really went above and beyond to make the dreams of the CEO's, CEO come true and partner and stay long-term with you to help you make those dreams come true. And imagine if just those two things were fixed at what the profit margins would do. Just fixing those two things alone increases massively, massively increases profit margins by decreasing the other things that are taking time and money that could be prevented, right? And so then you're advertising or the money that you're putting out, the time and money you're putting out to acquire new leads would be worth it. It would be worth it, right? So I wanted to share this because I think, you know, I know that we have a lot of people in my audience um, that are definitely uh, multiple six or six, multiple six, seven, even maybe low multiple seven figures. And I know that you're experiencing this because we've talked, you've filled out surveys, you've answered entry questions, uh, you've participated in certain trainings or workshops. And I just think that this is, I, I just don't think enough people are talking about this and shedding the light on what the real problems are inside of these high performing businesses that could be performing so much better and actually way more easy and far more sustainably um, with far less effort and higher profit margins if the time and energy was put toward the right things, towards the right things and the right people. 
And so I hope this was helpful. I hope this was a very, very big eye opener for you. And even if you're not at that multiple six, seven figure, multiple seven figure place yet, and you're at, you know, the six figures or low to mid six figures, or even if you're below that, I, I want you to really pay attention to your future here. And that this is, these are systems and these are things that you should be putting your time, money, and energy on now, not when your business is breaking down and not when you have a leaky bucket uh, with money pouring out of it everywhere. This is stuff you want to be vigilant about and aggressive, I dare say, aggressive about now. If you are already experiencing this, if I have, if what I've been talking about, you've got your head in your hands and you are like almost plugging your ears, almost clenching your fists and gritting your teeth because you're like, oh my God, uh, this sounds like kind of how my company's operating or starting to operate, or maybe you're way down in the weeds with this. In any case, I'm going to highly encourage you to send me a message. Um, send me a private message and let's talk and see if we might be able to come in and help you, um, one, identify the leaks first and the breakdowns, and then uh, create a plan for how do we, how do we uh, patch those leaks? How do we bridge those gaps? How do we eliminate those breakdowns? Uh, what does that need to look like? What's the plan to do that? Um, you know, how long will that take and what will that take? And let's, let's see what the pri let's prioritize because there's going to be some of the leaks that are going to be far more important than others. And if you don't know that you could get yourself into even more trouble. So if this is something that you're experiencing and it doesn't have to be all of it, it could be some of it. It could be all of it. It's probably multiple things, but, um, I would encourage you to reach out to me because this is literally what I'm hired to do is to come into the back ends of these high performing companies and help you identify your leaks. I prioritize the order in which what needs to be fixed first. Uh, and then how do we fix that and what and who and where, and what does that all look like? And we come up with a nice game plan and then I support you and your team um, on just making sure we get the things done and we get it done right and in the right order and that things are improving and we can see that. Um, I like to know what's going out, what's coming in, what do the profit margins look like? And I want to see those start to, to, to align and, and balance each other out a lot better. And that, that shows some progress that shows that what we're doing is working. So it is a strategic process. Uh, it's like a minimum of like a six month process. Um, but I am kind of your silent partner during this time. And I've got my hands, um, you know, my arms around you and your entire team. My hands are down in the weeds with everybody, just kind of figuring, uh, the pieces out and making sure things are getting done. Um, so yeah, if this is something that you're like, oh my gosh, like I need this, um, you know, I need this. And, uh, maybe you are someone who's already down in the weeds, or maybe you're someone who's like, I am on the verge of, I think, experiencing that. So I want to get these things in place now. Uh, reach out to me privately. I have a couple. Um, I have like two, um, enough space for two people. Um, and, and we'll spend the six months or so together. I mean, again, it depends on the depth of, of the issues. But it's about a minimum of six months anyway. 
uh, we would spend this time together um, and I'd work very closely with you and your team, um, you know, and we would fix these things, okay? Uh, we'd get these things fixed. We'd have a game plan. You would know exactly what the breakdowns are, the leaks, and we'd have a game plan to fix those in a prioritization order. And so um, I'll come spend that time with you and your team. I have two of these spots open uh, as of right now. And uh, I probably am not taking on any more during these next six months. Uh, so this this will be, you know, just the two. Um, obviously, to qualify for this, you already need to be uh, generating, you know, you know, six figure, multiple six or seven figures in your business. Um, this isn't something I do with newbies because you don't have anything in place yet to do. Um, so you need to have a high performing company. You need to be making money. You need to be selling programs. You need to have clients. You need to have... Uh, you may have a team and team could be one person. It could be a hundred people, but you have someone on the team that's supporting you. Uh, you probably need more team and you just don't know who those people are yet. Um, but you have the money to invest in team if you need to. Uh, you have the ability to um, slow down on some things, possibly temporarily, so that other things can get fixed and speed up. And, and like you're open to that, you have to be super coachable and open. Uh, this is not an easy process. It's a lot of fixing. And so um, there's going to be some some things we're going to have to do. So you need to be able to invest in things. Um, this this is a five-figure investment uh, monthly uh, to, to work with me in this way um, and to retain me for the next six or so months to come in and help you fix these breakdowns. Um, so you ha obviously you have to be um, available and willing to do all of that uh, to get your business where you want it to be. So those are just a couple of things. Obviously, you have to have a can do, will do attitude. You need to be super coachable. Uh, you need to trust the process. Um, you know, I'm not going to work with anyone who's going to hire me and then not let me come in and do the things that need to be done or fight me every way. Um, you have to really be ready and willing to do this. It doesn't mean it's not going to be painful. It doesn't mean there's going to be some things where you're like, I really don't want to have to do that. It's not going to be easy. Uh, but it's going to be worth it in the end. So if those uh, things are you, um, you can send me a message. Let me know. I'll, I'll find out a little bit about you and where you're at and talk about your business a little bit. And then I'll, if, if I think that you could be a good fit, I'll have you fill out an application. Uh, once you fill out the application, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know if, it's, if I have any concerns or questions. Uh, if I think that you're definitely a match and I can absolutely come in and help you. Um, and I believe that, you know, we'll get, get along great and, and we'll be able to do this. Then uh, from that point, we'd have you um, secure your spot, sign a contract, uh, and, and we get down to business like right away. So it would start with you and I, uh, or if you have a lead team member as well, we would get on a Zoom call. And the first thing is a gap assessment where I can assess everything. And then I give you a list of things I need from you. And then from that point, um, you provide those things as quickly as you can so I can get in there. Um, there, if you depend on who's on your team, I may need to connect with them and talk with them and, and have questions and all that stuff. Um, I have to, I have to be involved in everything so that I can see what's really going on and make sure we're fixing the right things. Um, so all of that would take place. Usually all of that, you know, takes a good week or so just to, to do all of that. And then there's a, definitely a couple of weeks where I do like a gap assessment uh, kind of review. I go through all those things. I go deep into them all. I look into them all. I gather a bunch of stuff. I review a bunch of things that you have on file if you have it. Um, I talk to, I might have to talk to clients. I might have to talk to team. Um, I usually have a two to four week process where I'm just gathering information and then reviewing it so that I can create a game plan. 
and then I create a game plan on these are your biggest leaks, these are your second biggest, these are here at the bottom, uh, this is where we're losing money, this is what it looks like. By fixing them, I, I imagine this. Uh, we're going to start here is my recommendation and we'll work our way here. Here's what and who we need and then the process of actually uh, fixing things begins. Okay, and that takes time. So uh, we have a pretty strategic process. You have to trust our process. You need to lean into it. We don't bend it. We don't change it. It is what it is. It works. Um, so if this is you and and um, you think that you could use this, uh, definitely send me a private message um, on social media, whatever, email, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever. Send me a message um, and let's see if I would be able to help you and your business and your team and your clients uh, have much better success. Hope this was helpful, guys. I'll see you on the next one.